Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Great conversation today with Cassie from Scott Insurance. We talked about health insurance premiums for small business owners, how there's going to be some sticker shock in the coming months, and what you can do to overcome those price increases. All that and more, so let's dive in. Transact Capital presents Banking on Your Business with Jacob Robertson. All right. Well, good morning, Cassie. Thank you for joining us. We're uh, definitely excited to have you here. And uh, and so, you know, before we get started, we have a great conversation that I, I'm really uh, looking forward to, to diving into. But uh, take a minute to you know, tell us real quick, tell us your story. Uh, know you're from South Carolina, but you're currently with Scott Insurance. So fill in those gaps uh, and, and just, you know, introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, well, um, well, first of all, thanks for having me here. We've known each other for, I guess, a couple years. And so was excited to um, Come on and speak to your audience, but yes. So Clemson grad from South Carolina, go go Tigers! Um, although our first game was a little tough there, um, it's been a rough season. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we won, but that that Duke game sort of threw us off. But we're gonna we're gonna come back. But um, so yeah, started um, went to Clemson, South Carolina, cut my teeth in the business uh, with a large manufacturer in South Carolina. Started out as an industrial engineer, moved to cost accounting, and then became plant controller. Um, and then, you know, through the course of life, marriage, family, kids sort of took a step back from that um, to take care of, you know, children. And then um, when I was ready to get back in, I was uh, scooped up by an insurance firm. Uh, that was right about 2015 when the Affordable Care Act came out. And um, they wanted me to do the financial financial modeling for pay or play. So at that time, um, with the Affordable Care Act, mandate came out, you would either pay a penalty or you would play by playing, you would offer insurance um, to your to your employees. And this was uh, applicable to large employers. And so a lot of mid-market businesses at that time, you know, there were different stipulations on what amount of insurance, minimum essential value, minimum essential coverage. And so they needed to understand what the costs were going to be either way. And so I did that financial modeling. Um, before that, I could just barely spell insurance. And then after that, I got to know it very intimately. Um, and so I really enjoyed working with mid-market businesses and found that they really didn't need help, um, can, uh, just a true consultant to come in and help um, in that regard. And um, then through that, ended up where I am now at Scott Insurance. Um, Scott Insurance is a 150-year-old company. We're based out of Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, I'm here in the Richmond office. The Richmond office was established in 1990s um, by our now president, Hutch Mock. And can't say enough about it. Um, I've been there for five years, and I don't think I'm going anywhere. Um, it's a great company, great culture, and I just truly enjoy what I'm doing. Great, yeah, that's 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 great to hear. So, so real quick, tell me, uh, you know, what is your your clientele look like? What what's your ideal client? And, and, yeah. and yeah, so give me a little bit of the details on that. Yeah, so we are uh, laser focused on mid market businesses, and we define mid market business as fifty employees on up to a thousand employees. So we're not, you know, running and consulting with, uh, you know, large market companies, um, but we we say we bring large market solutions and attention and focus to mid-market companies. And as far as industry, you know, we're industry agnostic. I have manufacturers uh, with my manufacturing background all the way to nonprofits in my book of business. So, okay. okay. Um, really, it's the employee headcount um, that really matters and, and where we can specialize in and bring value to. 
Okay, thank you. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that helps. And so, you know, the big question I'm sure a lot of people are asking is, you know, we are, we, we have this podcast banking on your business. And our goal is to help business owners maximize their exit. And to do that, you have to build a top tier company. Uh, and so, it, you know, kind of explain that. Yeah, it, you know, why, why do you think this topic really pertains yeah. to this audience? Yeah. Why is this insurance woman here talking about health insurance? Right. And how is this going to relate <laughs> to my audience? Well, um, I've listened to many of your guests on your podcast. And, you know, we talked and thought it would be a good fit. And and why I think it's very relevant, especially this time of year, is because most mid-market businesses, which, um, you know, from our discussion, the businesses I work with are the same businesses that you are also working right. with. Right, correct, yes. And, and so most of these businesses probably, um, depending on geography, um, 70 to 80% of these businesses renew their health insurance, um, either 12-1 or 1-1. And so this is the time of year when renewals are coming out. And um, if you're looking at a P&L, uh, health insurance is usually the second uh, line item behind payroll on a company's P&L. And so it's very relevant, especially right now, and we can get into it a little bit later of where the market's going and, and what I think those increases are going to look like this year. But when you're trying to be an employer of choice, a top-tier company, you know, you have to watch your expenses. Um, you know, we're focused on revenue and expenses, right? Would, I've always asked CEOs, would you rather have a dollar in revenue or a dollar reduction in expenses? And most times they're going to tell me a, a, reduction, a dollar reduction in expenses, right? Right, right. So, um, so that is where we go in. And again, we're laser-focused and go in and help those companies really uh, explore a different way to finance and fund uh, their second largest expense. And for me as a cost account background, you know, I want to know what is driving my expenses, right? And for years, you know, um, HR comes to CEO or CFO and says, all right, I need a 15, 20%, whatever, 30% increase this year. And they're, and you know, I, I've been on that side of the table and they're like, what is driving this? Why? And there's been really no clear explanation uh, for those businesses. And so we provide clarity and data and then also options on um, how to reduce um, that expense. Great, yeah, and and so you, you kind of hit on something that uh, I, I think is really the the reason uh, for for having this conversation is uh, it sounds like there's going to be some sticker shock coming up. You know, you have a lot of people who are renewing, and and so you think of day to day inflation. You know, it's you really don't notice it um, too much. You don't notice, you know, the from one week to the next that the bacon's a little bit more expensive. But then all of a sudden, right. three or four months down the road, you're like, wait a second, what's going on? Yeah, this right. is really getting expensive. I'm paying uh, $6 for eggs now. I mean, Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it just kind of, you know, slowly sneaks up yeah. on you. Uh, but, you, you know, so the issue now, though, when it comes to these insurance costs is, you know, these are numbers that were put in place, like you said, uh, last year, and they're coming up. And so, so yeah, tell me a little bit, well, you know, what, what yeah. can people start to expect? And, uh, how, how can they prepare? What, what What's coming when they go to renew? Yeah, well, the preparation should have begun about, you know, three to four months ago, really, mm -hmm. if you're working with a consultant that's, you know, bringing you market intelligence. Um, if, if not, uh, exactly to your first point, there's going to be some sticker shock. I mean, we, I think, um, previously, uh, the average percent increase was about 8%. This year, we're seeing, you know, average of 12%. Wow. And on wow. a million dollar, you know, million plus dollar expense, you know, that's a that's a big hit. Correct. Um, yeah. And that's something that a lot of companies, um, you know, may not have budgeted for. You know, I work with a lot of uh, construction companies, manufacturers, they're bidding on jobs, you know, that that 
that number may not be in their budget. So they may be losing because they've not costed that into future jobs. Um, and so, you know, sort of a sort of a warning of that, you know, we are seeing elevated renewals. And there's a couple of, of reasons that we're seeing that. One is, uh, to your point, inflation. So there's healthcare um, inflation. And that's just like we're seeing everywhere else, you know, their supply costs, they're meaning hospitals, physician offices, uh, supply costs are going up, but also labor costs are going up. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're seeing it just in normal inflation. And then also the second part of that would be delayed care. There were so many, um, so many of us that delayed care throughout COVID. Um, and then even we saw it, you know, post COVID when we were all starting to get back out into the world, you know, the first thing, you did was not, uh, oh, I'm going to go see my primary care doctor. You know, right. you took that yeah. trip that you wanted to take or, you know, you took your family on a vacation. So now this year we've seen um, severity of claims are up somewhat due to prescription costs, but we've also just seen volume of claims within a group up uh, due to that delayed care. So um, to, to bring it full circle to what you said, you know, I think mid-market employers are going to be um, quite – Quite surprised at the increases they're going to see. Right. Yeah. So two two things there. So one, you you kind of hit on you know the how you interact with your clients, and it sounds like you you know you're trying to get out in front of this. You know. So so again, you know, just tell us how how far out you know do you work with your clients yeah. and, and try and forecast some of this stuff. Uh, and then the you know the other part of that is uh, what if yeah the, the business owner hasn't uh, done anything. So so tell us a little bit about you know yeah. how how far out do you try and work with them to plan this stuff yeah. out. Again, I always take a financial side to it because I was on that side of the table and I wanted to know, you know, what, what budget number should I put in and, and why am I putting in this placeholder of a 10% or a 12% or a 5%. Mm-hmm. And so we start working with businesses um, probably six months prior to renewal and if claims data is available and claims data is not available in all market segments and it also depends on the financing mechanism you use. But if it's available, we are um, bringing our clients a mid-year projection. So okay, we're using okay. their actual claims data. We're trending that those claims forward. We're adding in an inflationary, uh, you know, healthcare inflation, um, a factor there. And then we're giving them what we think their renewal is going to look like. And I can bet you, you know, if you ask any of your business owners or, um, you know, your finance people, you know, they would they would want to know that number uh, six months in advance, you know, rather than knowing it you know, three months in advance, which is uh, the, typically what they're getting in the market now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great point. And so so then, yeah, you think, you know, the what's the second and third order effects? Uh, and and I, we, we talked about a story that you had. And so. You know, as these costs are rising, as these expenses are rising, unfortunately, some of that's going to be passed on, you know, to the employees of the company. So we had we had a great story uh, that that you explained, and that I think really captured, uh, you know, some of these these challenges. So if you don't mind, kind of run, run me through that again. Yeah. Well, at my heart, um, so just a, one more step back. My background, you know, I grew up. Um, you know, my col- my parents didn't have a college education, so I came from a very blue collar family. And I saw, you know, how much my parents worked and, you know, what was going out the door. And so when I'm working with these businesses, you know, I almost go back to those roots. And, um, you know, I really have a heart for helping employees. And, you know, I want to help business owners, right, be better and do better. But also, you know, the employees are what's driving that business to profitability, right? And so, um, you know, that is where, you know, I I really want to help. And also just as a community member, you know, help out in that way. And so the effects of understanding and knowing what those costs are going to be and, and really and really looking at 
you know, what is driving this cost? What are the inputs that are going into this? Help me explain that. Show me the data. Um, and then how, then we can start to fix it. If we don't have the data, we can't fix it. And so, um, so the, um, the story that you're referencing is I have a client in Ashland and I remember sitting there and one day and they were in the fully insured market, you know, plain Jane sort of got their renewal each year and they just kept seeing escalating cost, and we didn't know why, and because the carriers would not release uh, claims data or information, and um, and the owner sat there and said, you know, I gave my employees a five percent increase this year, um, you know, salary increase, right? But I'm going to take it all back because you just brought me an eighteen percent medical increase, mm-hmm. and I can't bear that. You know, the employees are going to have to bear some of that. And so that was just so impactful to me because it brought it back to sort of like my household when I was growing up and what that would have meant for us. And so that moment, I was like, there has to be a better way. And so that has led me into looking into um, just outside of the traditional market um, at different ways of financing and funding your health plan and shifting risk. And um, I'm happy to say with that client, uh, they received a 2% increase. This year. Wow. Wow. Which is awesome. Yeah. And they may yeah. even be giving um, money back to their employees at the end of the year, depending on how their plan ends up. So well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. So we yeah. don't want to be all doom and gloom. So it's one thing to, you know, we want to identify, you know, the challenges, but like you just said, you know, we have some, uh, some innovative ideas and solutions. So walk me through some of those. What are some alternatives yeah. as business owners are getting this sticker shock? What are some things they can think about to, you know, try and find the best solution. Yeah. So insurance people, we love our acronyms. We love our insurance speak. So I'll try to keep this as just top level and this as high level as we can. But, Much appreciated. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yes. So uh, most businesses are mid-market businesses, I should say, are in what we call a fully insured program. And you can think of the anthems of the world, the Cigna's, United Healthcare, any one of these, um, you have a, have a fully insured program. And basically you get your rates at the beginning and then uh, you pay a level amount throughout the year, you're transferring 100% of the risk over um, to that insurance company. You're using their network and their insurance and also their pharmacy solution. Um, and, and again, you're transferring 100% of your risk over. Um, and that's what most middle market companies do. Uh, companies like Capital One, Amazon, Target, the large companies of the world, all these companies self-fund and they re- retain some of that risk. Um, and it's just a much more efficient way to finance the, the health expense. So, again, like going now another level, level deep. So how do we bring the efficiencies of self-funding, um, like a Capital One can take advantage of, for a mid, to a mid-market business that has maybe 150 employees? And so how we do that um, is we move away from fully insured to self-funding, and that can sound a little bit scary to some people. Like, am I going to pay all the claims? Um, no, you're not. You're not going to, there's a threshold to which you, you know, pay claims. You still purchase insurance. Um, but what I really like for mid-market companies that I find is a, a, a good fit is something called a captive. Okay. And captive insurance is where you go in with other companies. And, and you know these companies, by the way. Um, you know, you see them at annual meetings. You're on calls with them. And you buy your insurance together. And so you're utilizing economies of scale to buy insurance. Um, and also as part of that, we're able to self-fund. And so employers are retaining a portion of risk, and they're paying for a portion of risk. And risk that they can't tolerate, then um, they are then purchasing um, 
uh, purchasing insurance for those catastrophic risks. Okay, okay. And so if you not it's not that complicated, but at for, but at first pass, you know, there's there's some intricacies to it. So to give you an example, and when I was first like sort of understanding it, and I remember I was trying to explain it to my husband, and he's like, "What are what do you do all day? What are you doing?" Um, to explain it, you know, in layman's terms, is you know, you think about your car insurance. So you buy car insurance for accidents, right? Right. If you right. have an accident, you can't afford or most people can't afford to replace their $30,000 car, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a catastrophic event. But are you buying insurance for tire rotations, windshield wiper change, oil changes? I don't buy insurance for that. Right, right. And most people wouldn't because that's a known um, risk, a known predictable risk that you can budget for. And so that's all we're doing is we are offloading the catastrophic risk and we are retaining uh, the risk that is predictable, known, and tolerable. And so I relate those to, like, your wellness visits, your children's vaccines, the urgent care visit you have once a year. I mean, those are pretty predictable. What's not predictable is, you know, a cancer claim or, you know, um, a high-cost drug, you know, that we're not prepared for. So we still offset that, and, um, you know, we buy an insurance for that, and then we utilize the network, so Anthem, Cigna, United Healthcare, they do a really good job at contracting with doctors and delivering care and um, administering the plan. And so we still partner with them to do that portion of it. Okay. Okay. It, yeah, yeah, that's, it does. Yeah. That's a very good explanation. And then, yeah. So, you know, kind of tie it back in, you know, if, if a company were to do this and you kind of alluded to this with the Ashland example, uh, what, what can they expect from a cash flow perspective? Yeah. So, so, so in a fully insured scenario, which most companies are in right now, um, you know, they have fixed cash flow throughout the year. Um, when you go into a self-insured, you are going to see um, changes in cash flow month to month just by claims because claims are variable. Some people go to the doctor at the beginning of the year. Some people go at the end of the year. And so we help companies, you know, plan for that. And we also have parameters there so there's not any one shock. So if you do have that cancer claim or an accident, you know, you're not going to be asked to pay, you know, for that out-of-pocket in one month. That would – companies cannot tolerate that. They cannot do that. So we help in that regard. But then from a long-term perspective, I like to look at it in a five-year increment – um, because I know just statistically that over five years, you're going to save about 20% in this captive or self-insured scenario over a fully insured scenario. And it's easy for me to say that because I've seen it time and time again. And so I uh, consult with businesses and say, all right, are you going to offer health insurance five years from now? If that's a yes, then you really should do, have some due diligence surrounding an alternative option because it's going to save you in the long run. Yeah, great answer. Yeah, that's... Uh... Uh, really, I, I do appreciate it. I think that's a, a great, like you said, a great uh, great option for people to consider, especially as, as you said, you know, they're coming up on what could be some st- sticker shock here in the coming months. So so with that said, uh, you know, final question here, what's the best way uh, if anyone is interested to, to get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, you can find me on LinkedIn, of course, but also um, uh, it's kobrien at scottins.com. Um and, or just look up Scott Insurance, Cassie O'Brien. Uh, we'll be happy to, to have a conversation and see if a different way forward um, is is for you. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I, I do appreciate you joining and, uh, and, and thank you. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you. Transact Capital presents Banking on Your Business with Jacob Robertson.